We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Rotowire DFS podcast, sponsored by No Halftime, the newest way to create daily fantasy challenges for one-on-one matchups. Download it today at nohalftime.com. I'm your host, Josh Hayes, joined as always by Benny Ricciardi as we break down the Wednesday NBA DFS slate. You can always find Benny on Twitter at BennyR11 and over at Rotocurve, Rotowire, and as a featured writer on the DraftKings Playbook. And you can also follow me on Twitter at JoshHayesFS. Benicio, are you ready to make it rain on Wednesday? I sure hope so, because Monday was not a good night for me in NBA, so I, I could definitely use a uh, a nice big score right here. That would be that would make me happy. All right, well, we're going to try to make that happen here today on the show, so we're, we'll get it cracking. Just want to uh, remind the listeners here that the Rotowire DFS podcast is now available on iTunes and Stitcher, so if you get a chance to rate and review us, please go ahead and do so, and don't forget to share and subscribe. Let's go ahead and kick it off the point guard position like we always do. Uh, 20 teams, 10 games on on the slate today. We'll start up at the man, bringing up the rock. What do you got for me in cash and GPPs? All right. I mean, you start your lineups with Russell Westbrook, whether you're playing cash, whether you're playing GPPs, whether you're playing NFL, it doesn't even matter the way he's been playing right now. Um, when there's no Kevin Durant, you play Russell Westbrook. That's basically the rule. And even last night, um, you know, Monday night, it, it cashed again. That's actually why I had a bad night because I made three GPP teams and I tried to get cute and I tried not to use Russell Westbrook on all three of them. Mm-hmm. And um, I learned my lesson again the hard way. So yep. last year it was the thing. It didn't matter if he was 10K. It didn't matter if he was 11K. It didn't matter if he was 12K. There was even a point in time where I was playing him at 13K. 
So if you can get Russell Westbrook, you put him in your lineups, you start from there, and then we figure out the rest of it. We'll talk about how you know how you look for some value in other spots in order to make that work. So for me, that's the tops. How do you feel about that? I'm with you 100%, especially for Gash games. If you want to sort of get creative with your GPPs because we have a number of different options, then fine. I'm personally... I'm um, not going to get too cute with the situation there. I mean, there's obviously some, there are going to be some some plays that we're going to talk about where you can save some cash. So we'll get into that there. But we can start and end the you know the lock stock uh, conversation with Russell Westbrook, especially with a up and down point guard situation like New Orleans, who has you know, uh, you know Ish Smith slash uh, Drew Holiday slash whoever sort of holding down that um, rotation. And it's really not anybody who's uh, a de- defensive stalwart. And, you know, you'd like to see Drew Holiday in there, but he isn't playing a ton of minutes. So it's just a situation that I don't think you can really, um, you know, worry about defensively. And yeah. on on top of it here, you know, New Orleans Pelicans last in the NBA for yep. the 2015 season. In what I was about to say. Fantasy points allowed <laughs> to opposing point guard. So it's a yep. single best matchup on the board. There's You just can't not is all we're going to say. We can we yes. just leave it at that, correct? I 100% he's in every one of my lineups for any kind of game on any site. All right, there you have that. So now that we have talked about that, and we know that most of these sites are going to either make you play more than one point guard or play a guard or utility, where else can we veer off from um, Mr. Westy? And, uh, well, makes... yeah, we'll talk about the cheap guys in a second. So let's, let's stay up towards the top end of guys that are expensive. Um, Isaiah Thomas, IT2 for Boston, has been absolutely unbelievable lately. Mm-hmm. So even with, you know, I was afraid that with Smart back and, you know, Bradley healthy, like th- there were going to be some minutes squeezed. Because at the beginning of the season, I mean, he wasn't even starting, which you and I both said was just, uh, it was, you know, we didn't understand we what was going on it. there. Yeah. yeah. And you know what? As soon as they put him in and let him start starting, I mean, the guy's putting up 40-something fantasy points a game. So... I think he's still somebody that you got to consider. I think he's still somebody that's in play, even though it'd be a lot of money to put him and Westbrook on a, on a roster. If you just look at their game logs, you're talking 110 points out of two guys on your team. You know, that's basically what the numbers that these two guys have been putting up. You know, you're getting Westbrook at 60, 70 points a game. You're getting Thomas at 40, 50 points a game. You know, that's a pretty solid start to your roster if you get those two guys in there. So he is the guy who I'm looking at the most and then there's somebody i wanted to ask you about because i have been absolutely wrong on this guy every day for like the last week i play him he scores five points i don't play him he scores 50 how do you feel about brandon knight because i can't figure this guy out yeah you know what brandon knight has been running pretty hot overall and you know the good here's what i like about brandon Knight for wednesday okay price is still fairly flat at 7k all right he goes for 11x which is disgusting, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. uh, 78 FanDuel points. I'm sorry, fantasy points on DraftKings, okay? Uh, just monstrous here. The, you know, so this is what I will say. Brandon Knight, if you're going to see this up-and-down performance with him where he's going to give you 12 points and then 78 the next and 48 the 19, you know what that says to me, G- uh, Benny? GPP. Exactly, GPP, yeah. right? You Because know, I, literally, I literally started him the game that he had 19 because he was putting up like 35 every game before that. And I needed somebody and I'm like, ah, you know what? 35, that's not bad for the price, blah, blah, blah. And then he scores 19. So then I don't use him and he goes out and has 48 against the Clippers. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, fine. All right. I I learned my lesson and I put him back in my lineup and he had one of the worst first halves ever. And I actually used him at the playboy queue at the DFS uh, conference party. 
and he had minus three in the first half, and I wanted to shoot myself because I had a pretty solid roster going Mm -hmm. until his minus three came up, and I was like, you got to be kidding me. So obviously I didn't use him last night, and he goes epic for 78 points. Right, which is a classic thing to happen, you know, which we know right now just we classify him as as GPP only because he's not trustworthy. All right. Yeah. So here's the other thing too about it. Derek Rose with a sprained ankle. Okay. If they're going to put Aaron Brooks mm-hmm. in the lineup, that's going to be super juicy overall. Yeah. So he's going to be in Wednesday lineups, and I even may maybe say give him the courtesy of extending him into cash because he is 7K, and that's like fairly reasonable for somebody who has a shot at 6x plus. Okay. So you know, uh, but if you want to keep a GPP only like we originally recommended, I certainly understand that. Yep. I could definitely definitely get behind that. Now, you actually just brought up somebody's, so we can go down to the lower end. Oh, actually, there's one guy I wanted to mention before we go to the lower end, too. Okay. If Jeff if Jeff Teague is out again, the best Schroeder. value play at point guard for me. Yeah, by far the best value play at point guard for me if Teague is out again. Yeah, you got to go with Juice, for sure. Schroeder is a, is a guy that I recommended on 120 Sports today for Tuesday's action. 4,800. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah, I'm using him tonight, too. Yeah, uh, he's, he's a monster. Um, and I also, uh, you know, look, he gets 32, uh, 30, 33 minutes, um, puts up 32.5 DK points, good for 7.5x on his price tag. So you love that overall. And we've also talked about a guy who's been getting more and more expensive, and for good reason, um, uh, uh, Rajon Rondo. He's up to, you know, 8,500 as of the last game on Sunday in Toronto. Where are, where are you at? Because he's getting into, like, tough tougher to justify yeah. the price tag. I, I'm actually goals. I'm actually glad you brought him up because I was going to ask you how you felt about it too. And here's basically my take at the moment on it. You also have Darren Collison who's expected to come back for this next game too. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't think that I, – I mean, I think Rondo has played well enough where he deserves to be a big part of this team. Yep. And if he's not, I think that they're doing something wrong. But I still think that part of the reason why – I mean, part of the – here's the reason why I loved Rondo – he puts up stats across the board for you. Mm-hmm. So the more minutes he plays, the more chances he's going to be on the floor to get that extra rebound or to get that extra steal or to get that extra assist or to finally actually score two points for himself and not pass up a wide-open layup. You know, the more he's on the court, the more of those opportunities he gets for himself. So I don't think that they're going to drop him to, like, 25 minutes. That's not what I'm saying, but he's been putting up these stats playing 40 to 45 minutes a game. What if he drops down to, like, 35 to 36, 38 minutes a game or something like that. You got to think that at the very least, it's going to be one less assist, one less rebound, one less steal, one less basket here or there. And part of the reason why we love him on DraftKings is, I mean, he's literally a triple-double threat every night when he gets out there. Mm -hmm. So if he does that and adds those bonuses, you know, maybe that extra three or four minutes that he doesn't play so Collison can get a couple extra times is the difference between his 11th rebound and his seven, and his 8th rebound. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's, you know, a, a five-point swing just those few minutes that he's not on the floor right there by him not getting over that hump and getting the bonus. So at 8,500, I don't think I can still play him right now. Right. It, it, it's tough to justify at 8,500 to begin with. Mm-hmm. But at 8,500, I don't think I want to play him right now. Atlanta is also not the easiest matchup for anybody to go up against. They're actually um, better with Schroeder. I mean, it's well for Rondo, oh yeah, it's better so with too, Schroeder. Yeah. Teague is a he's a much better defender, um, mm-hmm. but uh, it's it's a little bit of an easier matchup with a smaller Teague. I'm sorry, with a smaller Schroeder for Rondo. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is one one thing I'm gonna say. Um, we've just identified too many other like you know cost effective point guards in an in and out of the top spot. Like you know you you have. 
Uh, Russell Westbrook, you have Damian and Lillard uh, on the slate too, as well. Who's who's okay for me at at, at eighty seven hundred? It's a little pricey, but he does have back to back forty point games, and they're on the verge of benching um, Ty Lawson. So, which actually might hurt Damian Lillard if they start uh, Patrick Beverly, because Patrick Beverly is a pretty de- good defender. But Damian Lillard, in most days, you can justify the price tag. We talked about Isaiah Thomas as a good play. Um, so, there, and I actually like Kyle Lowry in the spot that he's in for Wednesday against Utah, because the one spot that you can sort of exploit Utah at is at the point yeah, guard position, because they mm-hmm. got what like uh, Raul Nito. Or, you know... Yeah, he's starting, and then they're bringing in Trey Burke for a little bit. Actually, Burke's been been playing a few more minutes than... uh, You know, Nieto's basically been playing only, like, 10, 18 minutes, and and Burke's been playing the lion's share of it. So even though he doesn't start, you know, he's still getting the starter's minutes. Not that I want to use him or anything. Right. They've actually the numbers look good for at the point guard position, you know, in terms of DVP for Utah. But I think it's mostly related to who who's in in the front court and not not who's in the back court. Because yeah, the rim the rim protectors have more to do with it than the on ball defense, to be honest. Yeah, and we know that Kyle Lowry. If you just watch any part of his game, he's not really all about taking it to the rack every time. He can, but he loves to just shoot over defenders at at any given point. He loves the pull up game, and that suits (laughs) that you know defensive matchup. perfectly with uh nieto and um trey burke so something else to to consider but like i think we're so what you have is rajon Ryder rondo priced right in the middle at 80 something hundred with a curious matchup against a good defense uh atlanta team on the road which i i wouldn't be surprised if he still comes up with another triple double and he's a good bet for a double double if you take a look at the averages by the way um among guards, Russell Westbrook is first among point guards at 7.7 rebounds per game. Rajon Rondo is second at 7.1. 10.6 assists per game for Westbrook, which is crazy right now, but it makes sense given that KD's out. And then uh, mm-hmm. Rajon Rondo at 9.5 assists per game. So he's very close to a, averaging a double-double with you know triple-double upside. But like you said, the minutes should come down into the probably uh, the under yeah. 40 range. I mean, I like I said, don't get me wrong. I still expect Rondo to be a big piece of this team. Mm-hmm. But think about it now. He's priced up there in superstar territory yeah. based off of the fact that he's been putting up superstar numbers over 40, you know, like we said before, 42, 45 minutes. Right. Now you're going to take a few of those minutes away. When his price drops back down into the 7K range, I'm going to be right back on him because of that skill set. But at 8500 I just think it's a little overpriced for what he is at the here and now. If Collison goes down in the second quarter again with an ankle injury or something, you know, then all bets are off and you can still pay AK for Rondo. But unless that happens, I'm going to take a wait-and-see approach on how the two of them go together, to be honest. That's fine. I think that's fair. So um, any other point guard um, that we need to mention here? We went all the way to the bottom. I'm drawing the line for me personally uh, over um, at, at Schroeder. At forty eight hundred, yeah. you know, because that's basically the best value you can. Well, I actually, get. there's there's one other guy I kind of wanted to get your your opinion on too in that range because I've kind of been looking at him, and I don't, I haven't pulled the trigger on him to put him in there yet. But Boston does play really, really fast, and he's been getting a lot of minutes, and that's Marcus Smart at yeah. like two hundred dollars cheaper. Mm-hmm. His game logs lately have been amazing. He came in and is playing with Isaiah Thomas, and the two of them are actually playing well together. You know, again, we said that Boston has like the hottest pace in the league right now early in the season. They've been playing so fast. So it's one of those situations where it might be able to support both of them 
especially with Smart only being 4,600. I mean, he's put up like 30, 40 points in his last couple games, you know, fantasy points. If you want to um, if you want to throw him in, in a GPP, I'm fine with that. But the, the game logs are too uneven for me, and he's got about the same amount of minutes that he's been getting throughout the season, you know, 28 to 30-ish. So, um, yeah, that's the situation that yeah. – um, and, and, and again, I mean, Schroeder's $200 more, so it's tough for me to come off of him. Um, but again, it's another guy who I'm looking at if you wanted to go, you know, cheap and put the two of them in and like the, the guard and the utility spot. You know, I think that he's another guy who can make value for you and, you know, still give you a little bit of upside for a tournament. The only other guy down there I want to mention, um, you actually said it before, and Aaron Brooks being in, you know, I think he's like mid price. Do you have any, you know, any idea about using him if he's only 3K and, uh, you know, he's going to be getting 30 something minutes without yeah. Rose? Third, th- I'll use him in a GPP. I won't use him in cash because you know what's going to happen is Jimmy Butler is going to take over like a lot of the ball handling duties, sort of like in a Le- LeBron fashion. You're going to see Aaron Brooks as more like a, of a spot-up shooter personally than you will see him actually being like a primary ball distributor. So mm-hmm. and I think that this is the, the window that Meritich has been looking for to step up. Actually, and, and by the way, we don't know that Darren Rose is actually going to be ruled out. He said just regular ankle sprain. So we know that we've never seen Derek Rose as a person who comes back quickly from injury. I, I was going to say, I just kind of assume anytime I hear Derek Rose, Rose is hurt, like, he's going to be out for a half a year. So. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I like Aaron Brooks for, for GPPs, but it's, I don't think he's a traditional point guard that you sort of, you know, pass for. He likes to shoot more and he can score. Um, so I think it's an okay play, but it's really stick, strictly GPP only for me. Um, the last thing I, I will say here is um, Marcus Smart, another guy that we just talked about here, is also GPP only for me because of the uneven game logs and because he's you know he's gotten hot as of late. But we know that he's not a particularly good scorer, so if he doesn't do all the rest of the work in the rebounding and the steals and assist categories, mm-hmm. there. Um, it's going to be tough for him to, for him to justify value, but Dallas is a great spot uh, in terms of you know who you want to target uh, on the defensive sides. Nobody's ever concerned about Darren Williams playing great defense given the injuries that he's had uh, overall. And you've got JJ Barea behind him, Raymond Felton. So you know no one thinks of those any of those guys as defensive stalwarts. So you could make a case um, for him there, but uh, I, I'm not going to going out of my way to play him in, in cash. Um, the, and the last guy I'll mention to Zach Levine. Um, against oh, yeah. if, Rubio's out. if Rubio's out, the price has, con- has gone up. But even even when he got elevated to forty seven hundred, he goes for twenty five with four trays, three rebounds, three assists, and you know pays off seven point three x on the forty seven hundred dollar price tag. So if he's in, then I'm going to have some shares of Zach Levine. If Rubio's still out, then I'll have some shares of Levine. Uh, once again, this is back to back or th- uh, three straight. Let me sorry, let me back up here. Um, he did that damage, by the way, twenty five and th- three and three in seventeen minutes, which is, yes. which is insane. All right, mm-hmm. so I want to Zach Levine haters continue to to you know to bring it to me, and I'll keep showing you some some game logs where he performs. All right, um, yeah. So we're uh, just taking a look at these um, these ratios. By the way, five straight games, and two of these games he has only f- he has a fifteen minute game and a seventeen minute game. Where he pays off no less than five point one on the price tag. All right, you got here's here's the here's the five game run for Levine, eight point eight on the tag, eleven point oh, five point one, ten point eight, and seven point three. That's a home run in GPPs. Okay, yeah, that's that's right? exactly what you want in a right. GPP. Exactly, exactly. So 
uh, this is why you want to know why I love Zach Levine so much because he can be an explosive scorer and he can do things like put up in an, an eight assist game or a five rebound game or a three steal game and he can hit from from three. So there isn't any part of the game that he can't contribute in. He's not necessarily a triple double threat, but he is a you know a, a, a guy who could be a, a volume scorer at a very cheap price tag. All right. I'm going to end my point guard rant there. Do we? Need, <laughs> uh, do we need? I feel like I just have to defend him every every time for some reason. Um, do we, are we ready to move on to shooting guard? I'm ready. Let's do it. What do you got? Okay. Um, well, obviously, you always got to look up top when when James Harden's in there. He's playing Portland. Portland plays at a really fast pace. They don't play a very good defense. Although McCollum's not horrible, to be honest with you. Um, but again, I think he's a guy you can look at. I don't especially want to pay up for him. And it's going to be near impossible to do if you're paying up for Westbrook, um, which is the mistake I made yesterday, putting him in those rosters. So basically all the good that Westbrook did was counteracted by the horrendous game that Harden had with 21 fantasy points. Um, So I think that you're probably going to be looking lower here. I don't like Bledsoe against Jimmy Butler. I don't like either one of them, to be honest, in that matchup against each other. I don't like McCollum against Houston. So it's easy for me not to play any of the guys up top. Uh, the Rosen Wiggins haven't been playing all that great. I would basically be looking down at some of the guys in like the 4K range. This would be a, a position that I'm going to try to save at. And I'm going to throw two names out at you of guys who I've already kind of started penciling into most of my rosters already. Um, the first one we don't have to talk about much, and that's CJ Miles. And that's basically because CJ Miles um, is seeing killing. more minutes with, yeah, he's seeing more minutes with the guys that are you know, that that are hurt, and he's playing Philly, so, you know, you could expect him at 4K to probably get in the 20s somewhere and pay that off. But the guy who I really have been interested in lately has been Will Barton. Um, Will Barton is finally getting a lot of minutes. He's played over 30 minutes three times so far this season mm-hmm. and has put up just six stat lines in all three of those games, like Love 30-something it. fantasy points. Love it. Whenever he plays 20 minutes, he's putting up 20-something fantasy points. So he's basically producing a point a minute. So right now, the reason I love him is he's still priced like that guy who's down there playing 20 minutes a game. But the last couple games, he's seen like 30, I think it's 37 and 39 minutes. Or Here, let me look at the game logs here. He saw 30 minutes put up 38 fantasy points two games ago. Last game, 36 minutes, 48 fantasy points. The only other time this season he saw thirty over 30 minutes, he played 39 minutes and put up 42 fantasy points. So if they're going to give any – he had one game where he had 29 minutes and 27 fantasy points, and the rest of the games he played like 20, 21, 17 minutes, which makes no sense to me. So as long as they're going to give him 30 minutes, which is what they've been giving him the last couple games, I think you're going to get 30 fantasy points out of this guy, and you're going to do it at a price of like 43, 4,500. To me, that's a guy that you put in your cash and GPP rounds. Yeah, I'm totally in agreement with you. I love Will Barton as a play. And if you know anything about Gary Harris and how I've been ragging on him on 120 Sports as the top guy that you need to target, uh, you know, whenever you see uh, Denver on the slate, you understand why Will Barton is a guy who's getting more minutes um, on the other side. So, and, and so in that same vein, because Denver overall has been bad at the shooting guard position, I think in GPP only is a situation where you can make a, a case for um, who am I looking for? I'm looking for Danny Green. Uh, yeah, Danny Green, who's in like at the top of the second tier here. Very, very um, 
you know, sketchy in terms of like overall productivity. He give you like a twelve point fancy game, and then he'll come up with like a like a like a twenty or twenty five. But you know, mm-hmm. if you're looking for a cheap option, GPP only for sure. This is the best matchup that you can get against the shooting guard in in Denver. So keep that piece in mind. I also don't mind Dion Waiters. Um, who actually has been getting more run uh, as of late. He played 37 minutes and um, paid off 5.8 on the tag, another GPP-only type of play. But you see three straight games where he plays 29 minutes or more. So they know that, like, Roberson isn't a guy that you can really depend on too much for some offense. And, Mm. you know, he doesn't do a whole lot else, although he did have seven rebounds. That's sort of like an aberration overall. I can't really expect that on a game-to-game basis. But for the $4,500, $4,600 range, I don't mind Dion Waiters and GPPs. Now, um, if we're talking about cash here, um, we're, what's your going? What's your approach going to be for for cash games here uh, for the Wednesday yeah? I mean, side? I'm still I'm still playing Barton because again, he's not expensive. He's forty three, forty five hundred. So even in a cash game, if he gets me twenty fantasy points, which he's basically done in just about every game that he's played, um, I would be perfectly fine with that if he gets me twenty something fantasy points. Because even if he gets me twenty on the dot, it's not going to kill me at forty three or forty five hundred. And if you really want to fit in Russell Westbrook, which, like I said, I'm trying to do on my cash and my GPP teams, you're not going to be able to pay up at every position. So if you can find a guy like Barton who's capable of getting you that five or six and who even has the upside to get you seven, eight, nine times value based on the way he's been playing and his price, to me, you just plug him in and take that cheap value so that you can you know, still be able to kind of get some mid-tier guys in the other places. If you want like a couple 6K or 7K or 5K guys on your roster, you know, you're going to need to take a 4K guy. You're not going to be – Westbrook's 12K by himself, which leaves you 3,800 to fill the other seven positions. So you're basically taking a 5K guy at each one of those positions. If you can take a 4K guy like Barton and put him in there and feel comfortable, now that kind of ups your average amount per guy to somewhere closer to $6,000 a player, which is usually a more comfortable range where you're getting a guaranteed starter with guaranteed minutes as opposed to having to come down and, and, you know, hope you get somebody who split in time and has a good game or something like that. All right, fair enough. I want to quickly throw out another one here for you who's in the 6K range. The price is slowly climbing. Um, Eric Gordon, who's uh, was priced at 6300 on Sunday against the Knicks. This is actually, believe it or not, against the Knicks was actually his worst game in, like, what looks like a stretch of one, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, he had six straight games where he was at, um, 5.1x or higher in terms of fantasy points and 30 points or more in, our, in, in all of these contests here as well. And we know, well, well, if you don't know, Oklahoma City Thunder, by the way, is the second has the second most fantasy points allowed to the shooting guard position there. So if you're looking for a safer mid-tier play, you're not paying up for, for James Harden or you want to pair somebody with Will, Will Barton in the, in the guard slot or in the utility slot, then you should take a look at maybe having some shares of Aircourt. Um Any other shooting guards that we need to mention? Um, let's see. Those were basically the guys that I had down on my list. You know, like I said, I'm looking to kind of save at the position. Uh, on, on DraftKings, you know, you only have to roster one, and I normally do. I mean, I told you guys before, I usually use that guard spot on the second point, point guard. guard. Yeah, me too. Yes. So for me, it's basically coming down to the guys that are in that range, like you know, Miles or, uh, you know, maybe obviously I, I like Barton a lot. He's the guy that I'm basically using in everything right now. But um, I don't really see a lot of other stuff around there at the cheap price range that I want to use, to be honest. Gotcha. 
All right, so that makes sense. All right, so um, that that's gonna I'm gonna draw the line there for for me at yeah. I mean, I don't uh, think you need Bart. to overthink it. Yeah, I don't really no. think you need to overthink it. He right. seems like such a good play that just put him in there, take the price savings, know that he has a safe floor and a pretty high ceiling, and just kind of move on. Right. I don't. I think there's a, a number of GPP plays that you can sort of create for differentiation, but not a lot of safe cash plays. And if you don't feel like you're going, you know, you're paying up for Harden, it's going to be very tough to do so. Um, although the matchup is pretty good for him, then you you, you can feel very comfortable about some of these cheaper options that we yeah. have presented for you. Well, you know what it is. You're not going to get Harden and Westy in the roster, so you're basically have to decide do i want harden or do i want westbrook and to me that's a very simple westbrook decision so at that point the roster construction almost dictates to you that if you want to have a good roster around that westbrook pick you kind of have to go cheap at the positions where there are cheap guys available and at shooting guard there are a couple cheap guys available that can give you that five six seven x so that almost forces you in my opinion when you're constructing rosters to go that way and that's the way that most people are going to think in their cash games as well is let me get westy okay how do i fit him i gotta take a barn you know mm-hmm. or or a miles and that's the way that you're going to see it so worst case scenario you do it for the block all right fine you're you're gonna twist my arm then i'll just twist it. my arm okay you're just like listen bro you can't use westbrook i mean just or you can't use harden because you're using westbrook all right you want to be like that be like that well, I mean, hey, you know, you can go short. Like, think about it. If I'm, I said to you, listen, I'm Westbrook, just, I'm just messing Westbrook with and Barton, I'm with Westbrook you. Westbrook and Barton are Harden and Schroeder. It's a very simple decision to me. Westbrook and Barton way more than Harden and Schroeder, and that's how you spend the same amount of money at those two positions. You take the best, you know, the best point guard punt and the and the most expensive shooting guard, mm-hmm. or do you take the best point guard and the most and and the best shooting guard punt? And to me, the best point guard in Westbrook and the shooting guard punt in Barton is going to be the combo that outscores the other one. You know what? Well, you're just you're predicting it. I'm just boom. This is how it's going to be. It's not hard when Westbrook is one of the two guys involved. Well, I'm going to tell you this. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to have both. All right. You know, I'm just going to insure myself because you you know you've been you you might have put the Joe Boo Jinx on the whole thing here right now, just like calling it like it's the word of um of the Lord. So. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's like the Benicio, um, you know, 2.11. Harden will not score, outscore Westbrook if paired with Dennis Schroeder. Okay, um, before we get along to the small forward position here, want to quickly mention again for those of you who are not in on rotowire.com and the fancy la- uh, and the fancy uh, daily fancy optimizers. 10-day free trial, still going on. Make sure you take advantage of it. It's absolutely free. We give all the great information. I use a ton of my research for all the shows that we do, the articles, the podcasts, everything that you can possibly use it for in terms of um, stats, projections, and information here. NFL, NBA, NHL, college football, and a soccer optimizer, um, along with up-to-the-minute lineup updates, uh, projections, articles, rankings, everything you could possibly need to get um, into the whole DFS domination station. All right, so rotowire.com slash pod, 10-day free trial. Make sure you check it out. Tell them Benicio sent you. Tell them Josh sent you. And let us know that you uh, enjoy it on Twitter. We would we would love to hear from you uh, as far as that goes. So make sure you check it out. A lot of great information. Has uh, will give you an optimal lineup, and you can go through that and sort of put your, your, um, your, your best plays there and sort of tweak who you like. All right, um, let's go ahead and move on. Small four position here, Benny. Top cash and GPP options. 
Well, I mean, obviously, anytime someone's going up against Philly, you got to like them. So Paul George is in a good spot here. Um, obviously, Can you afford the price, him, though? Yeah. Well, the, I was just going to say, obviously, the price is the issue that you would have to contend with here. So, again, I mean, you know, you got to start coming down and looking for some cheaper options. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. I, I, got, um, I got a nice option that's cheap. Go ahead. Rodney Hood for 4800 there. Um, getting the start, still playing heavy minutes, has been um, basically 30 minutes or above in four straight games. And here's his price tag payoff. Okay, because the, the numbers, when you see the totals, you're not overly impressed when you see like 28 points, 19 points, 19 and a half. But the price is so reasonable that you don't need a lot. Okay, so here's your your four game um, price tag payoff for Rodney Hood. Uh, 19 and a half points at, for 3.8 on the tag. N- not exciting, but didn't kill you. Uh, 5.4x, 4.2x, and 5.8x with 28 points in 36 minutes, scoring 20 points uh, with three assists and a steal. So basically, he's mostly a volume scorer and gives you a little bit of something everywhere else, not a not a lot. But if you are in that, so what you said, you you know, you're you're in Mr. Saverhood neighborhood, then you can sort of make a case for Rodney Hood as a guy under 5K that you know is very safe for 20 plus fantasy points with a little bit of scoring upside. So your thoughts? Yeah, no, I could definitely um, definitely get on board with that. I'm actually having trouble here because the guy who I originally thought I wanted to use in all these spots was going to be Evan Fournier. Mm-hmm. But uh, just so you guys know, he apparently has a some kind of illness, probably the flu, and they're saying he might not even be in the game on Wednesday, which would really jam me up here because that was basically the one cheap guy who I liked. Um, I tried to use Jay Crowder yesterday and at the small forward spot. He kind of you know, didn't have it for me. After a run of good game logs, he seems to just not be getting it done. Um, a guy like uh, Jeremy Grant, who I was using all the time, now with uh, Nerland's Noel back, his production takes a big hit because he's not getting those minutes at power forward where he was getting those rebounds. So you can see the games where he played some power forward. He had some big rebounding numbers. Now that he's not, he's not there. So I don't really have a lot here that I like at uh, at small forward on the low ends. So, you know, Rodney Hood does look like a guy that you could you could definitely look at. Yeah, there's just not a great uh, you know amount of plays overall. At the small forward position, it's actually just pretty, pretty putrid. I would, I want to take a look at maybe somebody like, um, you know, I wanted to be interested in Alfredo Camino, but now that he's gotten thirty plus minutes in four out of five, like the the price tag has has sort of hung around six k, where he was giving you great value at forty six hundred. Six k is where mm-hmm. you've sort of just yeah. seen it dip the wrong direction. I agree. So. He was somebody I used a lot early in the season for that exact reason. That you know he was getting more minutes than his price tag, but now that his price tag's up to six k, it's not like he was producing huge gains with those minutes. Um, you know who I kind of like if I could afford to pay up for him is Nick Batum. Yep, that's he's my been guy. Playing, yeah, he's mm-hmm. been playing really well this year. Mm-hmm. And if you guys haven't watched them play, like he's almost like the playmaker on that team. You know, he's the guy that's setting other people up for shots. So he's he's getting more assists than I ever saw him get in Portland, where he was basically like Portland tried to make him like a standstill shooter, which really is not his game. But he's somebody that has across-the-board kind of skills. He'll get you a couple points. He'll finish in transition. He can hit a shot every now and then. He can rebound for you. He's long. He's you know can get you some block shots and steals, play some defense. And like I said, he's a good passer. So he can do a little bit across the board. And you look at the end of the game, and it's like, I had 14 points, 7 rebounds, 6 assists, 2 steals, and a block. 
and it doesn't seem that much, but then you add it up and you're like, wow, he had 38 fantasy points or he had 34 fantasy points. So, you know, he would probably be the guy I'd try to get up to. Obviously, if I can get up to George, I would, but I think George is in a 9K range now. So we're not getting that discount that we used to talk about with him anymore. But Tum is super affordable at uh, 6600 The only thing you have to worry about is if he gets price adjusted uh, on another spot on Tuesday for Wednesday's action. But, if yeah. you, but you know... Four straight games where he goes 5x or higher. In the last two, he goes 7.2x and 7.5x on the 64 and 6600 $6, price tag. So that's super juicy. He's basically the hottest small forward in the game. So if you can get him mm-hmm. under 7K right now, you can probably make enough room with, with Russell Westbrook in your roster to sort of, sort of fit him in. I went on 120 Sports on on Tuesday and said that this is my pick. Hottest small forward in the game. Very affordable uh, for, for, for the price. So... Now we just we got to try to help out here and see if we can um, make a case for some guys. If uh, sixty six or seven thousand is is not going to be a price that we can make work out. The first guy I'm going to take a look at here is if uh, Evan Fournier is out. Is Aaron Gordon? If he Aaron Gordon gets to start and he has actually been playing some pretty good big minutes here in these last couple games, twenty seven minutes, thirty one minutes, four K on the price tag paying off at a rate of 7.6x and a 7.4x and you know these these numbers aren't exactly blown away but it's like it's like a jay crowder blog uh, or jay crowder game log 10 points mm-hmm. five rebounds three assists one steal four blocks good for 30 fantasy points that's what you're gonna get from aaron gordon well your thoughts on, on him at 4k yeah like i said i mean there's there's it's going to be a position where I think I completely go down towards the bottom and try to punt. And whenever you're looking for a punt, you want a guy who's going to be getting more minutes and has the ability you know, to outproduce the numbers that he's putting up. Like you said about Gordon, it's not sexy the way he does it, but he's a guy who does produce a decent amount of fantasy points in the short burst that he's in the game. So you know, guys like that sometimes, if you give him a few extra minutes, and again, at 4K, what do we need out of him? 20 to 24 points? You know, I don't think that's asking too too much from him if he's going to see thirty minutes of action in this one. Yeah, so if they if they rule Evan Fournier out, that's guy I'm definitely going to be targeting. If Evan Fournier is in, then I'm fine, and I would actually like to play him against Minnesota because they know they're going to need that extra scoring punch if Oladipo remains out of the lineup. Do, you, do we have an Oladipo update by the way? Um, did he get cleared? I, you know what? As the last I heard is that he was still a game time decision, which is something else that you know kind of makes me think like who's who is Orlando going to roll out there if they're missing Oladipo and if they wind up missing Fournier in this game they're going to be really hurt you know that. what it's going to be right and which it's going to be the Hazonja game yes he's going to be Mario Hazonia uh, you know what I could I could get on GPP. board with him at min at min price because he's a gunner no GPP me. Gonna, yeah you know, yeah, he's mm-hmm. gonna he's gonna take it. He's gonna put it this way: he ain't getting cheated if they give him the minutes. <laughs> yeah, Hazonia has never saw a shot that he didn't like. All right, mm-hmm. so I'm I'm in there on for for min price on Hazonia if that becomes a reality or if he gets yeah. announced as a starter, which could actually happen. So Aaron Gordon, Hazonia, put those guys on your on your you know guys to take a look at list if uh, once we get the information as to whether or not Oladipo and Fournier get cleared. So there you have that. Um, so I think we sufficiently covered some small forward options. We gave you some cheap options, that, you know, and I think the top tier option is Nicholas Patum, who's re- very reasonably priced. If, you, if for some you know strange reason you fit Kawhi Leonard in your lineup, he's always a great play. If you can fit Paul George in your lineup, he's got the probably the best matchup on the board. You know, actually, maybe not the best matchup on the board if it is Jeremy Grant, because Jeremy Grant's a good defender. But regardless of that, Paul George is is matchup proof enough for you not to worry too much about it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but so I think we've sort of presented some some very solid options for you heading into Wednesday at the small forward. Let's go ahead and move on to power forward. Benny, what do you got for cash and GPP? Okay, I, I just got. I'm actually gonna check something real quick here on DraftKings because I had heard this, but I haven't actually seen it with my own eyes yet. Yes, actually, it did happen. Okay, so I want to just make sure everybody knows this is your public service announcement if you play on DraftKings. DeMarcus Cousin has been switched from the center position to the power forward position. So now we have a tough decision to make on a nightly basis of whether we want to play Anthony Davis Mm -hmm. or DeMarcus Cousin in that power forward slot right now. Okay. Um, In this situation, I don't really know because normally... Normally, Millsap is somebody who you try to stay away from when you're looking at, uh, you know, matchups, defense versus position matchups. Mm-hmm. But I think Cousins is a special case, and I don't know if Millsap will be the one guarding him. Do you think that they'll put Millsap on Coley Stein? They're probably going to wind up putting Horford, who's a little bit bigger and stronger, on Cousins. And that actually hasn't been a great matchup for, you know, big men, despite what most people think that, you know, Horford's a great defensive player. He's actually been giving up some pretty decent fantasy points per minute. So, I don't know. I think I kind of like Cousins a little more than I like AD in this spot. Yeah, you know what? I've never th- – I always thought – I think I've said this before. I don't know what show it was. Maybe it was the season-long fantasy basketball show for Rotor or what it was. But Al Horford is not a center, okay? Al Horford just yeah. – he just plays mm-hmm. center because they haven't – you know, they don't have a better option at, at center on that roster. And they have Paul Millsap who could easily play the three – if they wanted him to, but they want, you know, they, but Paul Millsap is, you know, a, a good enough defender and, you know, has played a lot of four in his, throughout his career, especially for Atlanta, where they just like that undersized uh, lineup for, for whatever reason. And they play enough, like, slow it down, you know, um, grind out Spurs type of ball where you don't have to worry too much about, um, you know, them getting, like, run out of the gym because of pace. So, mm-hmm. The way I'm looking at this here is, it probably is Horford, but it's probably not going to matter. Is is, is what what I'm yeah. going to say. The only thing that matters to me is how you're going to break the tiebreaker between Anthony Davis and uh, and Brow at the power forward position. So we can take a look at the matchup. I will. I do want to say that for all the hubbub about Anthony Davis and his three point shooting, he did hit two threes in the last game. Cousins has out three point shot him for to start to to start the season. I don't expect this you know volume to continue he's shooting above 40 percent from three but yeah yeah but uh, you know what i have a problem with this big guy shooting threes thing I, I, just let me go on a little you, sh- you shouldn't you shouldn't not for fans no, not for DraftKings. Should. you should like here here's the deal all right and we talked about this you and i have talked about this off it's, the air it's you know, bonus like, points benny it's bonus. no it is this is not put it this way the more these two guys are standing at the three-point line shooting three-pointers, the less rebounding the two of them are going to do and getting put-back dunks. So if you like three points in, in fantasy, they would basically need to hit these three-pointers every time they shot them because when they do shoot them, instead of one of their teammates shooting them, they are not under the basket grabbing the rebound for 1.2 fantasy points and then dunking it back in the basket for another two fantasy points, which gets you over three fantasy points anyway. So I want my three fantasy points from Davis and... DeMarcus Cousins, but I want them in the paint. I don't want them with the two of these guys standing 20 feet away from the basket shooting three-point shots. Thank you, I said it. <laughs> okay, this is where you have to quantify this, okay? Let's do a little math here, all right? DeMarcus Cousins, 12.7 rebounds per game last season, okay? All right? Okay. All right? 1.93s. He's making – just give him two threes, 
Okay, and I don't expect that rate to, to continue, but we're just going to give you the, what the numbers are now and tell tell me if it makes sense. Okay, so what are we losing off of 1.7 rebounds versus 1.9 threes made? I, I, th- I think that you're coming out ahead on the threes from that alone, not to mention the fact that Cousins is scoring 28th a game now instead of 24 a game last season, which last season was, which the previous season was a career high. So I just don't, t- I don't think the math justifies what you're saying. You're, you're saying you're going to, you're, you know, you're losing your rebound points or whatever. He's still got the double double going. Okay. He's hitting the threes, which is, which, which is extra points. And yes, you got fewer rebounds. So you're right about that. But the overall net is a positive for Cousins so far this season. Well, it depends because you're not including the points that he can get from that extra 1.7 rebounds too because he's going to dunk them back in. <laughs> That's what I'm saying is when but he gets the – You can't automatically he, give him a dunk, Benny. But it's it's offensive rebounds. If he gets an offensive rebound in the paint, people don't do stop him. They it's... either foul him or he dunks it. Well, That's basically what he does. That's why you want your six foot 11, 280-pound man-child standing in the middle of the lane because when that ball does come off to him, he's going to catch it and he's either going to dunk it or he's going to get fouled. So he's going to get the other team in foul trouble or he's going to score. But then you would have to subtract the three-pointers that he made. Also, because he exchanged that for a lower percentage shot. There's a lot do of you, but do you? Because if he was down there underneath the basket, where <clears throat> excuse me, where big men are supposed to be, you would have somebody else who probably has. Okay, granted, the guy's been on fire to start the season, but who probably has a better lifetime shooting average standing in that spot. So they would have been the ones who got that open shot with him down low. Where if they did miss it, he would get the rebound and put it back in. You're, you're, Maybe it's just a coach in me, but that's I can't it is, stand. When it is the coach shoot. in you and the former point guard in you, which which is like on on super rant monkey tilt right now because of the <laughs> three point shooting center. Well, only thing we can do, Benny, is just quantify the total. Right now, that's it, and it's okay. a small sample. I don't expect Cousins to shoot almost two threes or make two threes per game. Okay, I don't. I don't think he's going to take four threes per game. Right now, he's getting away with it. He's the entire offense, and that's fine. You know, I mean, Rudy Gay has been chipping in pretty well as well. But you know, let's see the let's revisit these numbers here in you know another month. Okay, we're, okay? we're definitely going to have this discussion okay. again. But well, I mean, but you just have point... to say like yeah. on or you have to grant me right now. That okay. it's a net positive uh, on DraftKings for the, with the way he's playing his game. It's just right. It's just, if, he, it's, if he keeps shooting at forty-eight percent, which would put him better than most of the best three-point shooters, and I think that might even be higher than Steph Curry's percentage last year. Then yes, you, you, he he can keep shooting them, and I will shut up and stop my rant. I'm not asking. I don't shoot. think it's going to stay. I don't think it's going to stay at that high of a percentage. We all agree that he's you know not going to shoot at this percentage. Okay, that that's fine. But you know what also might happen is if when he stakes fewer fewer threes, if it go if it ticks down to one point two made per game or whatever, you might see the rebounding go up too. But only thing I can say is with the threes right now. As the season starts, it's a net positive for his overall fantasy value. That's all I want to say. I'm not trying to tell you it's the right thing to do or if it's, you know, okay. you want to scold him as a coach. We could, we could honestly argue about this for an hour, like, but for big, two men, hours. big men shooting threes, no. I just I can't get on board with that. <laughs> okay. But I do still like Cousins over Anthony Davis in this spot if I had to choose those two. Can we agree on that? Yes. Uh, okay. Anthony Davis is going to draw Serge Ibaka in, the, in that matchup there. And then he has Steven Adams on, on the help, who's a, who's a nice – scrappy you know help defender who understands his role which is to play defense and rebound so uh, it, we're, if we're talking about the actual matchup for wednesday i'm i'm taking cousins over davis and aside from the fact cousins has just outplayed davis you know hands down personally i'm not saying that we expect that to stick but that's just what's gone down for the first mm-hmm. 10x games of the season so mm-hmm. uh that's gonna those two are gonna are gonna be tiebreakers for me. both of them have to play on the road 
um, as well. So there you have that. Um, let's go ahead and get into some actual um, power forward options that aren't at the top here. Benny, who else can you make a case for? Well, I do like Millsap too, even though he's up at the top. So that kind of defeats the second part of the question you just asked. But I don't think we can not mention him because he has been as solid and as good as anybody at the position. And he's going to get the Marcus Cousins defense on him for a little bit. Although, like I said, I think Cousins will still guard Horford. They'll probably have Willie Cauley-Stein on him, but I don't think that's going to matter. But some of the guys who I think are definitely in play for tonight, um, there's two guys that I want to I throw out there, and I want to get your opinion on them. Both of these guys have been putting up really good numbers lately, and I think both have pretty good matchups. You got Jared Selinger going up against Dallas, probably see some Dirk Nowitzki defense, maybe a little Dwight Powell defense. And you got Thad Young going up against Charlotte, who... If you believe what they're talking about now, they might even be moving Marvin Williams to the three with some of the injuries they have. But if not, you're still getting Thad Young against you know Marvin Williams and Cody Zeller defense, which neither one of those things are all that great. Both of those guys have been putting up good numbers, and they're both in that medium like $6,000 price range. So how do you feel about Sollinger and or Thad Young, who are two guys that I'm kind of looking at if I'm looking to save? I love those both as value plays. I think they make a lot of sense. Um, I was actually just surprised by Thad Young um, and the game logs here because he's got three tri- triple doubles in the last six games, which you know is interesting because he's never been this this quality of a rebounder overall, and he's actually chipped in pretty well in the in the steals and the assist department. Um, mm-hmm. So at 5,700 under 6K, that's that's you know not yeah, like surprised. He has- if you guys look, he has, like, really good game logs. Like yes, mm-hmm, he does. Uh, 8.7x on the tag in the last game against Golden State. 5.5, then it dips down to 4.2, then back up to 6.8, 4.6, and 6.1. So pretty much cash safe overall with some GPP upside when he pops up into the 6, you know, up to 6 to 8, uh, to eight range uh, game again. And like you said, Dallas is a team that we definitely want to target the power forward position. So, yes, I like me some... Uh, Thad Young, and then Jared Sollinger too. Uh, in you know, in that uh, same sort of uh, situation. Oh, I'm sorry, Jared Sollinger is the one playing Dallas, not um, uh, Thad Young. Thad Young has has Charlotte, which is mm-hmm. you know, like we said, we're not concerned about whoever plays the power forward position uh, over there because if I can think about it too, the best defender they've ever had at the power forward position is Biombo, and Biombo was almost never a starter unless he was forced in by injury, and so now they have the whole. Marvin Williams, Cody Zeller, Frank Kaminsky barely getting any run. Just a, a, a slew of guys who aren't playing a ton of defense. Mm-hmm. Um, Jared Sollinger, the game logs look uh, very good. Not as impressive as, as Thad Young's and, and about the same price. And um, although he's been super, super consistent, maybe even more consistent than Thad Young over this last seven-game stretch where he pays off 6x on the tag, almost near 7x four times. Um, so... Very, very juicy. Double doubles now, galore. If you had to choose between one of those two guys, you know who 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 would you rather have? Because I know going fat. Yeah, I was gonna say my biggest concern with Sullinger is that Boston is very erratic with their rotations. Mm-hmm. You never really know what uh, Brad Stevens is gonna do. Right. You know, one day somebody plays thirty-five minutes, scores forty points, looks like a stud, and then he plays them like eight minutes the next day because somebody else got hot or so. You know. So I think if you had to choose between the two, I think that is probably the safer bet. And I agree with you. I don't know what got what's gotten into him lately, but I'll take it. I've been I've been using him a little bit, and he's been producing. Yeah, this is the way I'm 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 looking at it overall. Um, I trust Brad Stevens less than I trust. Uh, is it still Lionel Hollins for for Brooklyn coaching? Uh, 
I don't know. I can't watch the Nets. They're just they're, they're, <laughs> well. I actually, I literally can't, and I don't want to because I have NBA League Pass on the on the TV in my office, so. and they're the local team for me, so they're blacked out. So I literally can't watch the Nets or the Knicks, which most people in this area would say is actually a blessing, not a curse. So. <laughs> okay, fair enough and fine. Um, yeah, so I'm, Thad Young hasn't hit a ton of threes, but if I had to use a tiebreaker, somebody who has the ability to hit threes, I mean, Soldier can shoot one, but he doesn't normally take one. And Thad Young is usually good for, I, I wanted to just guess and say he was probably good for closer to half a three a game, but he really hasn't hit too many this season. But it's been, you know, sort of maybe led to more offensive efficiency, so... I'm going to go with Thad Young in this spot, but it's close enough to make a case for either, especially with the matchup in Dallas. Um, how far down are you willing to slide? J.J. Hickson is a guy who've been, who had um, been asked about on, on Twitter. I think he's mm-hmm. always a good play. It's a very bad matchup overall mm-hmm. against the Marcus Aldridge and the, and the Spurs here, but he's always been cheap enough for you to sort of justify that tag. Taking a look at here, still in the 4,500 rate, so that's still uh, premium value. The only concern with me here is he's had – a couple of underwhelming games after he put up that 19 and 13 last, you know, what, what was that? Th- uh, Thursday here, which was yeah, the night. A ninth. couple games ago. Yeah, yeah. or l- last Monday. Yeah, so GPP only for sure, but, you know, I'm fine with putting him on the radar, but definitely won't be a cash play for me. Um, I wanted to get your take here on Nikola Miritich. If, if Jarek Rose sits, do you think this is the opening he needs to get going and get back on track with his price tag? I honestly really don't. And, I mean, you and I both loved him at the beginning of the season. We threw him in a couple of those first rosters that we made, and he paid off for us. Mm-hmm. But he has been horrible lately, and he's starting to lose minutes. And you can even see that if you watch the Bulls games. They're going with a lot more of the Noah and Pau Gasol pairing, um, which I think for some reason has been working out better for him. So Miritich is really not a guy that's that's on my radar. He's somebody that I have not been using pretty much since the first week of the season. And, you know, again, I mean, I don't know why, you know, he's a talented offensive player, but I just don't think things work as well with him and um, Powell on the court together as they do when you have, uh, you know, Noah and Powell out there. Yeah. So uh, maybe some to just sort of take a wait-and-see approach um, with, with that situation there and see how it goes. Is, has his price come down a bunch, or is he still in that $6,000 range? Because, I, like I said, I haven't used him in like a week. I ha- he hasn't even been on my radar, 6, really. 6100 as of yesterday. So Yeah, that's not, too much for what he's doing right now. Not enough of a discount, not enough production. Um, yeah. Where are you drawing the line at, Pat Power Forward? Um, I mean, I do like a guy like Dwight Powell a little bit. Uh, I do like J.J. Hickson, who you mentioned. I think he's someone you can use. Um, you know, Noah Vonley has actually been seeing some more minutes. I know he's somebody that you're a big fan of. Yeah, they um, just so haven't been getting enough, but... en- enough like shots, you know. The, yeah. the, so I need him to be actually, more involved in the offense for him to get – for me to play him. Yeah. Um, yeah, Marvin Williams is – I was about to say Marvin Williams, but he's getting expensive too. I mean, I think Dwight Powell and like J.J. Hickson would be the only two I'd use down there, and I'm not really loving either one of them. Um, you know, I'm probably going to try to go into that. Like, I mean, again, you know, you can look at a guy like Marvin Williams, who's 55, but wouldn't you rather pay two or three hundred dollars more for like a Thad Young or a Sellinger? Yeah. Or even some of these guys who are in the 45 range, I'd rather pay the thousand dollars more to get the safety that Sellinger or Young can give me, and also the upside that those guys can give me versus some of these other guys. So I think that's kind of where I'm drawing a line, like right at that. 57, 5,800 range if I can get like a Sully or a, or a Thad Young in my roster. Unless I see something injury-wise that opens up, I don't really want to go down much much more than that. 
All right, fair enough. The the way I'm looking at this is, you should, I think you nailed it right off the bat here after we had our the Cousins, you know, three point uh, Anthony Davis rant is um, Thad Young and Jared Sollinger is a sweet pot, spot at power forward for Thursday. Everything else is a little bit more sketchy and GPP eligible only. All right, so that is going to wrap up the power forward position. Want to let you know that if you're staring at your weekly fantasy opponent and thinking to yourself, I would love to challenge just one of his players, but not his entire team, but your fantasy sports service doesn't allow you to, well, now you can with the all new No Halftime app. The No Halftime app allows you to create individual challenges for using players and teams. For example, you can pit ODB versus Megatron. You can pit LeBron versus Melo, Trout versus A-Rod. Creating the challenge takes seconds, and accepting challenges are even easier. No Halftime challenges can be private or public and created for the NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, college football, college basketball, and other sports. Join today and get started. Real money and fancy supremacy awaits you. Visit NoHalftime.com for more information and download the No Halftime app for your iPhone and Android device. Receive a bonus by entering the promo code ROTOWIRE at signup. No Halftime, where the fantasy sports season never takes a break. All right, Benny, let's hammer this home here at the center position. Who is going to be locking up the pivot for you today? Let's see. Um, I do actually like Dwight Howard against Portland. He's going to be going up against Mason Plumlee. Uh, you know, I think that that's a really good matchup for him. So if this is one of the days that, you know, he's allowed to play, I think this uh, could be a pretty good spot for him. And, I mean, Houston needs to start turning things around. They looked horrible last night. They were they were absolutely atrocious. So I think he's a decent spot. The other guy who I really, really like um, Jaleel Okafor going up against Indiana, who has been absolutely horrible against centers to start the year. And you know how much we like Okafor. I don't like the fact that his price is up above 7K. I liked him a lot more when he was at 6K as a, basically an auto play for me. Um, but those are the two guys who I've been looking at and are probably going to throw in a lot of my rosters in this one. Yeah, um, Jaleel Okafor is a guy that we played a large amount uh, yesterday, so he's a guy who's uh, super interesting. I think you can always take a look at Carl Anthony Towns. Um, the, the price has gotten sort of flat here at 7,400, and the production is just like he just barely missed the bonus two straight games here with nine rebounds and nine rebounds. But other than that, he went four straight games with a double-double and was you know up above – uh, you know, five uh, X on the price tag in the in the first two of war has shot blocking upside, and you know we know that with you have uh, uh, Nikola Vucevic um, over at the center position there, there isn't a lot of defense that's going to be played on Orlando's side of the ball um, at, at the center position. So I think it's something to exploit. I wish he was a little bit closer, you know, b- below the seven K range, but I just want to keep him on the radar for now to see how the price adjusts uh, going forward. Um, let's see here. Other potential options that we can make a case for, uh, Enos Cantor right now, taking a look at him against New Orleans. He's very affordable at 5,400. Um, I wish the minutes would tick up a little bit higher like they were, um, you know, the previous, uh, you know, in games four, five, and six out of the last six with the three, four, and five, but he's still been producing at a high clip. I'm going to hope that he gets more minutes. So if you need to go down in the cheap below the 6k range, he is a guy who could make some sense for you. Um, how far down are you willing to slide at center position today? Um, you know, you're going to think I'm a little crazy here, but a guy who I've actually been looking at and using a little bit and who's had some really good games at the price lately has been uh, the Pacer center who I just bad mouthed his defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, how Mahini. do you say that? Jan Mahini? Mahini, Mahini, Yeah, he's, I mean, again, he's putting up like 25 to 30 fantasy points, yeah. playing 30 minutes again, and he's uh-huh. doing it at under 4K. So if you yeah. can get that from a guy at under 4K, 
you know, that's definitely somebody who's at the very least kind of useful. All right. Um, you know, he's somebody who, if I had to go cheap, would probably be the one guy that's down there that I'm kind of looking at. Uh, everybody else, like I said, to me, it's today where, you know, if you don't use him, you're looking in that mid-range, which is a guy like Mason Plumley, And I don't really love Plumley in that matchup with White Howard. Howard, I think, is still a little cheap unless they raise him above 8K. Okay. If you're getting him in the low sevens, I think that's a good price. And I think Okafor in the low sevens is a good price. I don't hate your town's call either. Other than that, I mean, you know, you can look at Brooke Lopez against Charlotte basically because he's that whole offense, but I don't feel like this is the best game for him. And I think they play tonight, so he's going to be on the back end of a back-to-back, you know, not something that we usually like to target. I really just don't see much more outside of me using Howard and Okafor and then maybe Mahimi if I need a cheap guy. All right, and I just want to quickly mention Rudy Gobert has dropped into um, value territory for me at 6,800 the last three games. He misses two games with the injury. Double-doubles with 11 and 11, three assists, two steals, and three blocks. That was good for 5.6x, so that's cash safe for me not a ton of overall upside because he doesn't score a ton uh you know but is a guy who can go off at any point here for like 16 rebounds he has a 17 rebound game he has a six block game and two two games with four blocks so those are all strong performances uh overall so if you if you're in that mid-tier range you've got you know upper six k issue um and you're you're setting a cash lineup rudy gobert is definitely a guy that i'm going to be uh, targeting good matchup for him against Toronto, who I believe, if we take a look here, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, bottom ten uh, in fancy points allowed to opposing centers, and that's Jonas Valanciunas. No surprise there. So, mm-hmm. um, any other guys that we need to mention? No, like I said, that's you know I'm pretty yeah. much rolling one of those two guys in that seven K range, yeah. or going with the uh, Mahimi. Yeah, with Mahimi, if I got to go cheap. Yeah, I like that play. Uh, and uh, I, for all the trash I talked about him, if you're ever going to pick a spot to play him, Philly is going to be a, a good one overall going to, you know, against uh, Julio Okafor defensively. So Yeah, and I mean, again, you're not playing him because he's a stud. You're playing him because he's under 4K, he's going to see 30 minutes, mm-hmm. and he, he can definitely give you 20 to 20, you know, 25 to 30 fantasy points, which would be great value for the price. Yeah, with, you know what, and that's it's all about paying off the tag. And, you know, yes. when, when we get to that point where you're saving a lot of money, you don't need him to do a lot. You just need him to meet the price. And mm-hmm. he's definitely got an opportunity to do that on Wednesday against Philly. All right. That's going to wrap it up for the Rotowire DFS podcast, podcast for Wednesday's action. Don't forget, you can always subscribe uh, on iTunes and Stitcher. Please leave us a review. Let us know you enjoy the show. That helps to support our sponsors who keep this fine podcast running for us. And don't forget to follow Benny on Twitter at BennyR11. And check me out on Twitter at JoshHayesFS. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. 
Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.